0: look at first timothy our second timothy this morning second timothy chapter number four second timothy chapter number four and what a moment that is going to be uh, when we see our lord and savior jesus christ i trust that you know him this morning i trust that you know him personally Uh, knowing about him is not going to be enough to get anyone into heaven uh, you must know Him personally. You must come through uh, His shed blood. What a wonderful reminder. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. Of course, today uh, we've set aside, we call it Preach the Word Sunday. And today is the day we're going to focus and be reminded why we preach the Word. And certainly, <clears throat> we, could, we don't have enough time in one service. Uh, to cover all the reasons why and all the reminders of why uh, we preach the Word. But certainly we've been reminded in the Sunday school hour uh, how important it is for us to be involved in the mission of the church, which is missions, uh, which is getting the gospel uh, to all the way around the world to every creature. And certainly what an honor it is for the Emmanuel Baptist Church to be involved uh, in missions and supporting those uh, who are going uh, around the world. And uh, certainly uh, we believe here, and I want to remind you that We ought to all be willing to go, and if God does not want us to go, we should be willing to give. So the others can go. So I trust that you're involved uh, in going and giving. Uh, but this morning, I want to look at a familiar verse uh, in Second Timothy chapter number four. We're going to read uh, the first four verses. Uh, and then after we pray, I'm going to uh, lay the foundation and get into the message. But I'm going to uh, read a lot of scripture this morning. And so I'm letting you know that. So you may want to jot some references down because I'm not going to wait for you to get to where I'm going uh, because uh, I know where I'm going and I'm going to move in, 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 in an orderly fashion. And so Second uh, Timothy chapter number 4, verse number 1, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at the, his appearing in his kingdom. Uh, this is not the, the message today, but I can't read this and not comment on it. We need to be reminded that Jesus is the judge. And everything is going to be judged by him. Everyone is going to be judged by him. Great illustration the Sunday school hour this morning of, of the, the currency that God accepts. And no matter the sincerity behind it, Jesus is that judge who will judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Notice verse number two, preach the word. Why? Because Jesus is coming again. Because Jesus is going to be the judge of every man, of, every, of of everything that is done. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables." Very quickly this morning, we we're told to preach the word. Paul admonishes the, the word of God to be preached. Uh, we're told in verse number two uh, what that accomplishes, what that does. And we're reminded that the time is going to come when they will not endure sound doctrine. It's amazing to me and it's sad and it's certainly a, a testament to the day we lived in how doctrine has been de emphasized. Uh, doctrine is vital. Uh, we know our salvation because of doctrine, and uh, it is so important, but there are going to be some who don't want to hear the preaching of the Word. Uh, they want to be entertained. Uh, they want to be uh, told that there's nothing they need to, to change about themselves, and, uh, but th- that's why it's important that we as the Emanuel Baptist Church are reminded uh, what the Bible says that we're to be focused on, and we have to be focused on preaching the Word, Now, this morning, I want to use verse number 2 as our text, but then I'm going to move uh, to several passages this morning. Uh, But I want to preach on this subject, why we preach the Word. Why we preach the Word. I enjoy the fellowship. My best friends are in this room, my church family. I enjoy uh, having people that I can call on, people that, that will call on me. I enjoy the music. I enjoy the singing. I enjoy all that takes place. But the most important thing that takes place at this property on this day is the preaching of the Word of God. And we're going to be reminded of why we preach the Word this morning. Father, I pray that you would use your Word to do what only your Word can do. And Father, I pray the Spirit of God would use the Word today to speak to us. May He work in our heart, our life. Father, I pray that Uh, you would uh, empower me through your spirit. And Father, I pray that there's one unsaved. Uh, They've never gotten settled their salvation. May they realize their need today. May they be reminded that without Christ, there's no hope. That Christ is the measured. He is the judge. And Father, I pray that the spirit of God would bring uh, the lost today under conviction. And Father, I pray that they would call on Christ today. Father, I pray that you would... Uh, use your word today to remind us of how important it is to preach the word. How important the word is in in our life, and may we, as a church, continue to propagate your word so that men uh, might believe. We ask this in Jesus' name, Amen. The message this morning is entitled "Why We Preach the Word." This can be answered very simply and uh, very concisely Uh, and so a very simple answer would be why we preach the word well first of all it's commanded Um, we don't need an explanation per se of why we're to do what God commands us to do if God says it he commands it we're supposed to do it so we're commanded we know that it's needed Uh, more and more today that there are more and more people who have never heard the word of God preached they've Uh, never in many cases never heard the name of Jesus and what a sad thing that is but it is very it is needed and quite frankly it is the word of God the preaching of the word of God that makes the difference that changes lives I stand here today and I can testify to you that my life has been changed by the word of God how many times my life has been affected by the preaching of the word of God This morning, I hope that with the message, I can illustrate from the Bible uh, why we preach the Word, because as we live in a day, as Paul writes about, there's always going to be a pressure to get away from that which is most important, and that's preaching the Word of God. Not everybody likes to hear the Word of God preached. Everybody likes to hear what God has to say. We need to be reminded as a Christian and as a church collectively that preaching the Word of God is uh, our uh, command. It's what we're supposed to do. And in doing so, I think it's important for us to be reminded of the importance of the Word. Uh, this is unlike anything that is in this world. Uh, you can go to the bookstore and you, if, you, if you can find it without... With the exception of this book, you won't find anything there that's on par with the Word of God. You can go to Wikipedia, you won't find anything there that's on par with the Word of God. Well, I need some answers to life. Let me go to this source and this source. You won't find anything on par with the Word of God. The book of Psalms, chapter 138, verse 2 says, For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. We need to be reminded of what God thinks about this Word. Friend, we ought to think about the Word what God thinks about the word. Psalms 119 verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. We don't have to find a new word. The the word's been settled in heaven. It doesn't matter what men discuss about it. Thy word has been settled in heaven. God has made up his mind. God has established his word, and it is settled forever in heaven. It doesn't matter what generation comes along. The word's still settled. Friend, I don't know about you, but that gives me great confidence that I can put my faith in this. I can build a life on this. I can get wisdom from this. I can build a home with this. Oh, this is what we can have faith in because it has been settled. I want to remind you what the book of John says, chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. In the Word was God. We live in a day in religious circles. We want to claim to follow Christ, but yet de-emphasize the Word of God. You cannot do that. In verse 14 of the same chapter, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Of course, we're speaking of Jesus Christ. Uh, Friend, you must, if you want to know Christ, you need the Word of God. You want to become more like Christ, it takes more than just putting a witness t-shirt on. You must be in the Word of God to become more like Christ. This is the importance of the Word of God. I want to remind us of this. Revelation chapter number 19 and verse number 11 through 13 says, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war." His eyes were as a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God. The day is coming when Christ is returning. Uh, The rapture of the church is going to take place. We are going to meet him in the clouds. After a time when God pours his wrath out on this world, there's going to come a time uh, after the millennial uh, uh, that Christ is going to come, and this speaks of him, and and there's a white horse, and he's upon it, and God, Jesus is going to judge mankind. There will be one last showdown. What is his name? His name is the Word of God. To preach Jesus, you must preach the Word. You cannot preach Jesus outside of the Word. So it is important, if man needs to know Christ, and he does, then we must preach the Word in order for man to know Christ. Some reminders this morning, I'll be very practical, but this is very crucial, I believe, of why we preach the Word of God. Let me say, number one, we preach the Word so men might be saved. The word must be preached so that men might be saved. Acts 16, verse 31 says, And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Are you saved this morning? I'm thankful I'm saved this morning, and we must preach the word so men might be saved. What does that word saved mean? Maybe you hear that word saved and maybe you, you, you recognize it as a, a word that a, a religious crowd or a church use or Christians use. I've used it several times this morning. But you say, what does that word exactly mean? Uh, what are we saved from? Friend, I'm thankful that as a child, I heard uh, the gospel. I heard that the Lord Jesus Christ... The Son of God lived a sinless life, took upon Him my sins, the sins of the world, went to the cross of Calvary, shed His own blood, gave His life, three days later rose from the the grave, victoriously holding the keys of death and hell, in that He would save me. He did that so I could be saved from my sins. It means to be saved from sin. Now, it's an amazing thing. You can't wish your sins away. You can't, you can't change your own record. But let me tell you what Romans 3.23 reminds us of. For all have sinned. How do we know that we're all sinners? Because the word tells us, you know, this word, you know, this world needs to hear, but does not want to hear that we are all sinners, and we need to be saved from our sin. <laughs> Friend, You have come to a service today of people who are gathered together. They have been saved. They've been trusted in Christ. They've been saved from their sin. Nobody in here can make the claim that they're not a sinner. Because the Bible tells us that we all have sin. Romans 6.23 tells us for the wages of sin is death. There's a payment for that sin. And that word death is not just speaking of a physical death. There is a physical death, but as we've been seeing for many weeks now, there is a, there is a, a spiritual death. And, and those of us who have saved, we have a resurrection that we can we look forward to. And we have the Bible says there's a payment for that sin. And friend, if you and I pay for our own sin, we must pay that price to that horrible place called hell. So when we are Preach the word that men might be saved. They need to hear the message that they need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ so they shall be saved. How is one saved? John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You and I cannot get to God except it was through Jesus Christ. That is the message we must preach. That's the message that needs to be preached. Friend, if you're here today and you're not for certain you're saved, you never trusted Christ as your Savior, uh, well, This is why we preach the Word, is so that you can know that you can be born again. You can be forgiven for your sins. You can know Christ personally. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, And just in case you're here and you think you're the exception, the Bible says, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Nobody can get to God except through Christ which leads me to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, and it's the man Christ Jesus. No man can get you to God. Only Christ can No, quote-unquote, holy man. We we preach this. Why do we preach the word? This is Bible. It might go against some religious dogma, but that's why we preach the word, and we don't preach necessarily a church doctrine, if you will. We preach the word of God because the word of God tells us that there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. The Pope can't get you to heaven. This Baptist preacher can't get you to heaven. There's not a man on this earth that can get anybody to heaven. There's only one who can. is through Christ Jesus. So how do we get saved? How do we know that we have assurance of that salvation? It is through Christ Jesus. How is man supposed to know this? Well, that's why we must preach the Word. We're reminded of the ascension of Christ, he gave the mandate to his disciples to be witnesses unto him, to tell the fact that Jesus had died, was buried, rose again, ascended up to heaven so that they might know and understand the gospel. We preach the word so men might be saved. Number two, we preach the word so men might be separated. In Romans chapter number 6 verse 4, we're reminded that uh, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead, raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we also shall walk in newness of life. As a, baptism is a picture of salvation. Baptism doesn't save you; it's a picture of what Christ did. And when we're baptized, we are it's a picture of His death. But the Scripture says that uh, our salvation, we're to walk in newness of life. When you trust Christ, there's a new life. We're told uh, old things are passed away. i become a new creature. We preach the word so that men might be separated. As 2 Corinthians 6:17 says, Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Christians are supposed to be different from this world. How do we know what, how we are supposed to be as a child of God? Well, we have to have the word of God. You can tell the difference in somebody who's faithful to a Bible-believing church and somebody who's not. It's why you need to be under the preaching of the Word so that you can be separated as we're commanded to be separated. How else are we going to know? We've got to have the Word to tell us. We've got to have the manual to tell us how to be separated. We are told to walk worthy many times. It's written in the New Testament to walk worthy. How are we to walk worthy if we don't follow the instructions in order to walk worthy? We have to yield to the Spirit of God and not give in to the flesh, but we preach the Word of God so that uh, men might be separated. Let me use an illustration this morning that I've used many times that I I think will be helpful. Um, Brother Cruz, I'm going to have you stand over here for me. And uh, Brother Cruz is going to represent Christ. This is a very poor representation. Um, but looking around, didn't have much to work with. So uh, he's going to represent Christ. This is spot on. Mike, standing up, stand up up here. Mike is going to illustrate a lost world. Uh, well, 50, 50, 50% is not bad. So as a Christian, I hear the Word of God preached. It's a supernatural thing when God's Word, which is settled and preserved. Do you realize how many men have tried to destroy this? Do you realize that Satan himself has tried to change it, hinder it? This is a supernatural thing right here. The Spirit of God, this preacher, can't bring any man under conviction. Let me tell you what's taking place today Either in this building or on live stream or by radio this morning, the Spirit of God is tapping on the heart of an individual and He's saying, Yes, you're a sinner. You've never put your trust in Christ. You're depending on a church. You're depending on a man. You're depending on your own goodness. That's the Spirit of God. It's a supernatural thing when you hear this word preached and you have a, you have a burning and, and, you, and you realize that there's something that needs to be done and you realize your need of a Savior. It is an overwhelming thing the first time you realize that you are a sinner. There is punishment for that sin. You are separated from God. You need a Savior. But aren't you glad that God doesn't leave you with the problem with no solution? The solution is the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you hear Christ preached, realizing he's my hope, he's the answer, I I can't work my way to heaven, I can't do anything to change what I am, but I can believe on Christ and I can accept his payment for my sin. With your heart, man believeth unto righteousness. The mouth, he confesses it. Something takes place that conversion, the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that convicts you. Once you put your faith and trust in Christ, very simply in summarizing what takes place, that Spirit quickens your dead soul that is dead in its sins. He seals you unto the day of redemption where no man can pluck you out of the hand of God. Oh, He begins to do a work in your life. What did Christ, if you're saved this morning, what did he saved you out of. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, He will save you out of the same world, the same sins, the same, the same, same, same ungodly world that we live in. He'll save you out of it. When well, you get saved out of that world and you begin to realize under the preaching of the Word of God that we're supposed to live for Christ. We're supposed to be separated. A Christian is not supposed to resemble that which he is saved out of. Not only is this scriptural, it's logical. This was sending me to hell. This is what I was. This is who I was. This is a lost man, lost in his sins, in need of a Savior. We are told that it is... A man is born a sinner. It's been passed down from Adam. All men are sinners. If you're a sinner, if, you're, if you say, I'm a sinner this morning, Pastor, you're not the exception. We all are. This is who we are. But Because of Christ's payment for our sins and our faith in Him, we, we are redeemed, we are saved from our sin. Boy, as a saved man, saved as a child, and Now, as a 48-year-old man, I know for certain that my sins have been forgiven. I have an eternal home in heaven. I do not lose sleep over what would happen to me if I were to take my last breath. I know I'll never spend a moment in that horrible place called hell. Not because I deserve not to go, but because of what Christ did. So as as someone who has trusted Christ as their Savior... I'm not to resemble what I was saved out of, I am to resemble Christ. Now, when somebody gets saved, they don't have the, it's not like a computer program, you stick the Bible chip in your brain, and you know everything that's in the Word of God. That's not the way it works. But as we read the Word of God, as we study the Word of God, as we hear it preached to us, the Spirit of God gives us understanding. Now let me remind you: We preach the word of God so that men might be separated. We're to be separated from the world. How do we do that? Many will say, and it's just a smokescreen to uh, avoid dealing with their own lost condition. And oh, the, the church—they just want those those Bible thumpers. They just—they just—all they're about is you can't can condemnation. You can't do this and this and this and this and this. That's not—that's not true of this church at least. Oh, and, and it's just they're concerned about telling people they have the No, no, no. The Bible speaks plainly on some things. But Christian, you're looking at it wrong. As I get into the Word of God, I read the Word, and I learn more about the one who saved me. I learn more about how I can serve Him, how I can... Make God pleased with me, the difference that I can make. And the Word washes us, cleanses us. And see, it's not necessarily, and yes, there are some things that we should separate ourselves from, but we ought to be drawing closer to Christ. As I draw closer to Christ, what am I getting further away from? All of the filth, all of the debauchery, the sin of this world. How do I get closer to Christ? It's through His Word. It is a fact. You can dispute it, but it, but it cannot be disputed. It is, it, is a, it is a losing argument to think that you can be as close to God sitting, without sitting under the... As, as you can sitting under the preaching of the Word as not sitting under the preaching of the Word. That's why the most important decision you make when choosing a church is not all the programs. Is this, this book preached. And if this book is preached faithfully you are going to grow, and you're going to become more like, and in doing so, you're going to become less like. But let me interject this very, very quickly. When you go to the world to find out how to talk, act, dress, have a relationship, when you look at the things the world holds up, celebrity, all of those things, so that you talk like the world? Because, you, you know, nobody wants to stick out, do they? Nobody wants to be different, do they? You know, I mean, I, I, you, know, you don't want to be the one in the family. The more we try to be like everybody else who has not been redeemed, who has not been saved, if we're more like what God saved us out of, who are we further away from? We're further away from our Savior in our resemblance, in our relationship. Thank you, gentlemen. The point in the illustration is to reiterate what helps us know how to get closer to Christ. What enables us to get closer to the Lord Jesus Christ? It's the Word of God. It's the preaching of the Word of God. Now, I'm thankful that you can read the Word of God every single day. I'm thankful that there's no limit to our access to the Word of God. And if you have access to the Word of God, you ought to read it every day. It'll do something for you. It'll help you. It'll change you. But we we all need to hear it preached. I was encouraged this morning because I normally teach a Sunday school lesson. Uh, I was encouraged by the the lesson that was taught by our missionary. You know why? Because I need to hear Bible too. Uh, Tonight, Brother Sellers is going to come preach to us. Well, I'm not going to hear much Bible tonight with him. But no, uh, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing the Word of God preached because... We preach the Word because it reminds us that we're supposed to be more like Christ and less like this world. We preach the Word, number three, so men might be serving. Romans 12, 11 simply says, Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. 1 Thessalonians, chapter number 1 and verse 9, How? You turn to God from idols to serve the, the, on, the only and true God. It doesn't take us long reading the word of God to realize that we're supposed to serve God. We preach the word so that men might be serving. How many of you are saved this morning? You know you're on your way to heaven. Okay. Now don't raise your hand now, but are you separated? Are you serving? How do I serve? Well, this Bible gives me instruction on how we're to serve. The Bible gives us the steps that we're to take in serving the Lord. How do we do that? That's one of the great gifts we have in the local church. We have a way that we can serve the Lord. Uh, This morning, those who sang in the choir, you were serving the Lord in that capacity. Those who prepared and prayed and practiced and Uh, With the other aspects of our music ministry, you serve the Lord. It prepares the heart for the preaching of the word of God. The ladies in the nursery this morning, keeping the children, uh, they're serving the Lord. The ushers today, serving the Lord. Those who behind the scenes and cleaned the buildings and did other things and helped, serving the Lord. Those who pray for God to have uh, uh, For the Spirit of God to have liberty And those who pray to help prepare And those who, give there's so many ways of serving the Lord We serve through the local church How can you serve through that which God created you to serve If you're not a part of it? God has given us the church One reason is so that we have an avenue of service for Him How do we learn that? How do we have the courage and the strength and the sustaining strength to do that. It is through the word of God. And then number four, and finally, and I'll be through, we preach the word so men might be sowing. I'm going to, and if you'd like to turn, I'm going to read from Mark chapter number four. I'm going to read several verses this morning. From Mark chapter number four, a parable that Christ teaches. And I'll begin with verse number one, and you can catch up with me if you're turning there, and I'll help you know where I'm at in just a couple of verses. And he began again to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and said unto them in his doctrine, verse 3 of Mark 4 Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up, and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. Another fell on good ground, and did yield fruit that sprang up, and increased, and it brought forth some thirty, and some sixty, and some hundred. And he said unto them, Hear that he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked of him the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear, and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted, and their sins should be forgiven them." And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable, and how then will ye know all parables? Notice verse number 14. He's given a parable in the first 14 verses of seed being sown. Some gets choked out, some falls on stony ground, some takes root, and then there's fruit from it. Verse 14, the sower soweth the word. Now, we preach the word so men might be sowing. Each and every one of us have a responsibility to sow the word of God. Um, just having optimism isn't going to get anybody to heaven. Just having somebody believe in them isn't going to get anybody to heaven. What we must be doing is sowing the word of God. The greatest thing you as a Christian I as a Christian can do is use the word of God and speak it to somebody else. We're going to be sowing the Word of God. As the Emmanuel Baptist Church, we preach the Word of God because uh, we ought to all be sowing. How are, we, how are we to know what we're supposed to do? How are we to know our responsibility if we don't hear it preached? Part of our responsibility as your pastor is to remind you it's our responsibility. Oh, pastor's going to preach on soul. again. We need to be reminded of it, don't we? Oh, he, you know, the importance of being in Sunday school. Why? Because we're teaching the Word. Uh, parents, if your children are still at home, the greatest thing you can teach them is the Bible. It's more important for them to know stories in the Bible than it is for them to know what the latest Disney whatever is, for them to know whatever whatever else is out there. They need to know the Word of God. Teach them the Word of God. I'm thankful that in our church, and our Sunday school lessons, the same Sunday school lesson that you get in here as an adult, is the same Sunday school lesson all the children get because they need the Word of God. Now, we conclude very simply in this manner while we preach the word because ultimately we want to be we want all of us as a child of God to be sowing the word in the life of someone else but how are we going to do that if we're not serving are you serving the Lord we serve and we say well pastor I just don't have any spare time this is what I believe is what I believe this 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 book teaches and ultimately, you're going to have to decide where your priorities are. We can find volunteer time for everything out in this world, but we can't find any for God. It's because our priorities are wrong. You may not have all the time as you think you have, but you can serve the Lord in some capacity. You can serve him in some way. You may not have the tell you, say, Pastor, you used the illustration of the music, and oh, those those gifted individuals who who the Lord has blessed, you would not want me serving in that capacity. Well, I might agree with you on that. There's probably another capacity you can serve. How are you going to serve if you're not separated? There's many Christians, there's many Christians, and some sit in this room this morning. I love you, and you know I love you. But you're not serving in a way you could serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is because you're not willing to be separated to do it. There's empty seats in the choir because you're not willing to be separated. There's Sunday school classes that aren't taught because you're not willing to be separated. What are you you talking about? What the Word of God says. How are we going to be separated if we're not saved? This morning, do you know that you're saved? Now, I want every member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church to be sowing the word. I think that would please God, don't you? I want every member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church to be serving in some capacity. That's my heart's desire. I want every member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church to be separated from this world. How are we going to know that? The word of God. But more than anything else, I want every man to be saved. Do you know that you're saved this morning? We preach the word because men need to hear that they need a savior. Oh, and man is confronted when they're, oh, with their own sins and with their own pride and with their own shortcomings. It's a tendency for that pride to rise up and say, ah, that doesn't apply to me or, or I don't need anybody else. The truth of the matter is we must preach the word so that man hears. If they only hear it once, they hear that Jesus died for their sins. They hear that they can be born again. They hear that heaven can be their eternal home. But man also needs to hear that if they reject what Christ has done, they will pay for their own sins in that horrible place called hell, eternally separated from God in anguish. Oh, we preach the word because man needs to hear the word. This morning... As we close the service and we go to a time of invitation, do you know that you're saved? I took a few moments to define that word and simply say from our sins, say from the condemnation that comes from our sins. We're reminded in John chapter 3, the most famous verse probably in the Bible, verse 16, for God so loved the world that gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But if we were to read in that chapter a, a little further, We're reminded of the necessity to be saved because we're told that we're condemned already because we're in our sins. But through salvation, through Christ, we have that forgiveness. We have that deliverance. This morning, are you saved? Maybe for the first time you realize your need of a Savior. Well, that's part of why we preach the Word of God. Christian, this book will change your life. Let me encourage all of us that's why it's what's important for you to be in church every time the church doors are open because we need to hear the word of God preached. Nothing will change your life like this book. Nothing will change your home like this book. Well, there's nothing better to build a marriage on, to build a home on. Well, in this world, this this crazy world and all that's going on in this world, I I fear for my children. I fear for my grandchildren. Friend, you better get them under the preaching of the word because that's where they're going to be safe. That's where they're going to hear right and wrong. This world is trying to confuse them and whether they even know they're a boy or a girl, the Bible spells out, that you're before when you were in your womb I knew you you're fearfully and wonderfully made God has a plan Father I pray this morning that you would